Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 160. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Charlie Hickey. The LA-based singer and songwriter is releasing his debut record this Friday, entitled Nervous at Night. In today's episode, we're speaking with Charlie about working with Marshall Vaughan on this record, his upbringing in a musical family, and signing with Phoebe Bridges' Satisfactory Records. Here we go. Our guest today is an indie singer-songwriter from Pasadena in California. After releasing the brilliant Count the Stars EP last year, he's since signed with Satisfactory Records, and this Friday he releases his debut record, entitled Nervous at Night. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Charlie Hickey. Hello, how are we? Uh, Doing well, how are you? Very well, thank you, very well. Um, Charlie, whereabouts are you you joining us from today? Um, I am joining you from my childhood home in South Pasadena. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's very fair uh, what's it like in pasadena at the moment in um in where are we in april and may yeah um it's nice it's like um weather is nice um i've just got back from uh from being on tour for about a month so sort of adjusting to being home enjoy enjoying being home <laughs> uh you have just been uh, spending quite a bit of time on the road i think you have just finished a, like a run of dates with wolf alice across the u.s that's right yeah how did those shows go oh they were awesome um lots of fun um yeah i mean the i those guys are awesome and it was great to be out with them and uh see them they put on such a great show and they're lovely people as well um and it was just really, it was, it was really fun. It was a fun bill to be on because they're, you know, we're not like firmly in the same like musical universe, which I think makes it cool that there's sort of like some, some overlap, but then also some like kind of like different audiences um, that I might not otherwise get to play for. So. 100%. I am. Um, I, when I saw that you were supporting Wolf Alice, I guess, having heard the EP before the album and I guess following you like a little bit musically, I thought it was an interesting build, but yeah. it is also, yeah, kind of cool that you get to be exposed to like those people who might not have had the opportunity, but are now, you know, rushing out to, to buy the EP and buy this new album that's coming out this week. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think like the definitely if you've only heard the EP, then it, it, it could seem like a weird, a weird pairing. But I feel like <laughs> with the album, with supporting the album, there's a, a bit more crossover, like just in the sort of sonic places that the album goes. 100%. Uh, it is a very exciting week. Your debut record, Nervous at Night, is out. It's out this Friday. Congratulations, mate. This is, um, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous record. Oh, thank you so much. No, my absolute pleasure. It, um, I'm curious, I guess. The EP that we're discussing, Count the Stars, came out at the start of last year and it kind of builds on that sound and on that songwriting. And I'm curious whether there was a distinct break between the two or whether, you know, some of these songs have been around since the time of the EP or whether they're, yeah, separate kind of projects. Yeah, some of well, some of the songs actually have been around uh, even like before the EP. Um, but I think, um, I mean, song-wise, I don't think there's a whole lot that distinguishes it other than that we just. I mean, I mean, I'm always trying to just like push stuff further. Um, but um, it's definitely the distinction is largely sonic. Like we definitely got a lot um, more like, like the production is a lot more involved and it's, it's not, you know, the EP is a pretty like raw stripped down vibe. And this is the production on this one is like very all over the place in a fun way. <laughs> it is, it is, as I said, it's a gorgeous record. There are elements of, um, like folky singer songwriter stuff. There's a, there's a few tracks that are a little bit more still within the Charlie Hickey wheelhouse, but a little bit more pop. Um, I know that you recorded the album, I think with Marshall Vaughan. Was that, I guess, were the Sonics discussed when you went in or was it just kind of like a let's do whatever and what comes out comes out? Um, I mean, Marshall and I are always like, we're always like hanging out and talking about music and stuff. So I think for like, there was a lot of talk about, um, what we wanted to do with this album before we went in. Um, I mean, I think just, we're always like showing each other music and, um, are often like being inspired by some of the same things, but I think we, we both definitely were clear that it was like, okay, we have like, we have like more time and more resources, like this time around we should, we should push it further. Like, and yeah. So I think, I think, yeah, that's, that, that was kind of how we approached it. It is, um, the, the tracks on the record, I feel like, yeah, as we've discussed the Sonics build, one of my favorite tracks on the record was 13, which I feel, um, addresses a lot of the, uh, sorry, it's simple. I feel like the album as a whole addresses adolescence and the moving beyond adolescence and that kind of weird space in between almost sometimes. And I feel like that track kind of does the job very, very well. I'm curious where that track in particular kind of stemmed from and where the catalyst was that inspired it. Um, I mean, it's really just about, uh, just about these boys that I was friends with in middle school. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's a pretty, like, uh, fairly just like a hundred percent, um, autobiographical song. Um, I like to, I, I like to think about like unlikely people or things to write about because I mean, 
I feel like it's easy to just kind of like write the same like relationship song over and over again, but it can be like, can be interesting to like write songs about like, like platonic songs. And, you know, sometimes the listener doesn't even know, they might think it's about a relationship or something, but I feel like it just makes for some more interesting things sometimes. And so it might, yeah, I mean, I, it might not have been my first impulse to like write about some boys that I was friends with in middle school, but it's more like a, I was like, okay, this might be interesting. And then that's kind of where that, how that song came about. That's very cool. I am. Um, I think that one of the beautiful things, both on the EP and on the album and uh, both of my own opinion and I think other reviews and other kind of information that I've read is that your songs do tend to have this kind of beautiful lived in quality where lyrically it is, um, I don't know how to word it better than maybe like lived in or like this kind of quality that you're able to recognize and connect with it very quickly more so than you would maybe like a song, as you said, that the lyrics are like a little bit more, I don't want to say banal, but you know, like (laughs) where it's kind of more, uh, you're having to really work to connect to that song. Do you remember, I know that you were kind of um, raised in a, in a musical family. Do you remember first sitting down and working out that you wanted to write music and sing? Yeah. um, I mean, it was kind of a gradual thing, but I think it was just like, yeah, from like basically the moment I was born, it was like, I was surrounded by it. My parents have both had music careers um, as singer songwriters. um, And I would like, you know, very quickly, like I would, I I would like watch old videos of them playing and um, be like listening to their records and listening to the records of like people that they had like collaborated with. And definitely like very early on had a strong feeling that like, this is what I wanted to do. And it all felt very tangible too, which is kind of a lucky thing um, that just kind of seeing it being right there sort of like made me feel like I could um, in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely does. um, What do they make of, I guess, what's happened now and where you are with your career? Um, I mean, they're just very, like, very stoked about it. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, that's pretty much it. Um, like, uh, yeah, but it's cool. It's cool that they've sort of been through some of it. Um, so like, I can, I, I can ask them for advice that, uh, another musician may not be able to ask their parents, um, yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's yeah. So that I'm I'm grateful for that. It can be a curse also, but also a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. I'm going to get to some of the collaborators on this album in a second. But has there been discussion, or have they kind of brought up maybe them playing on one of your records, or or kind of contributing in that way? You know, I I think that would be awesome. I would I would like to do that. Um, it didn't happen this time around, but, um, I mean, yeah, they've both got, they've both got beautiful voices. I think it would be awesome if they were to, they were to sing on something or something like that. (laughs) 
I've thought about having them open a show. I've thought about having them reunite their band from the nineties and open a show sometime. (laughs) (laughs) I think that would work. I think that's a great idea. It's a good, like good press story. Exactly. It's a good press story. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Um, Some, some of the collaborators you do have on the record, um, as we mentioned, Marshall Vore, um, there is Harrison and, uh, I believe I've forgotten the other, uh, Mason mm-hmm. and, um, and a gentleman we recently had on the show, Christian Lee Hudson, um, yeah. who I believe that, that you've all kind of in the same, working the same realm of, uh, your label boss, Phoebe, which we'll come to in a second, but yeah, how, I guess, what's it like in that space when you guys are collaborating and working together on, on music? Um, I mean, it's really, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, cause that, you know, all, all the people you just named are obviously like people that I look up to a lot, um, and am inspired by. So it's like pretty like surreal and lucky to like, uh, just have them be so close and like, um, have some of them even live in the same house. Um, but and Mason and Harrison both live in the, in the house that we, uh, that Marshall studios at and we made our record there to be like, Hey, come back and play on this. Like it was pretty like (laughs) happens to, yeah, this house just happens to some of the like best musicians in the world just happen to live there. Um, which is pretty, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it makes it very easy for retakes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There definitely is less of an element of like, okay, we're all here. Like we've we've got him for a day. We got to like get, get everything (laughs) out of him that we need. Um, which kind of, which is like very freeing because you can like be more like creative in a more leisurely way. And like, like some of the songs we would like, we like recut them like five times. And like, there's like five different versions of them floating around. That's very cool. I um, I think that the album has come together beautifully. Uh, it is the debut record, as we've mentioned for yourself. It's the first release um, on from you on Satisfactory Records, which is uh, Phoebe Bridges Records, which you signed to, I believe, last year. So firstly, congratulations on, on getting signed. That's incredible. Thank you so much. Of course. <laughs> um, I know that you knew Phoebe, I think, back when you were a teenager and kind of, I believe, cut, cut your chops together on, on open mic nights or things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I met Phoebe when I was about probably 13 years old and she was a little, she was like 18 at the time, but she was like one of my, one of my like early musical heroes. <laughs> <laughs> You're both from Pasadena, correct? That's right. Yeah. Is there much of a scene, like taking out the rest of, of LA and California, is there much of a scene just in Pasadena itself? It's funny. I feel, I feel like there is, but that, that might sort of be a delusion a little bit, but, um, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I, I think it has something to do with that. There's a very sort of like arts, like artsy parents culture in Pasadena. <laughs> so there's a lot of like, I don't There's always like, there's like festival. There's always like music festivals where there's like dad bands playing and like, 
I do feel like, and maybe it was like just in my like small little microcosm of it, but um, I do feel like it was always like there is kind of a music scene in Pasadena, or it was at least sort of like encouraged, like um, in a way, I think by some of our parents, like, yeah. I look forward to if, as we discussed before, there's like your parents who had a band and now their son uh, on his own musical career. If Pasadena just continues to kind of have that trend of their offspring, siblings, whatever, having bands, then it's going to create more and more incredible music. <laughs> well, now it's, well, now I feel like everybody's moving to Pasadena. Is it like um, a lot of like hipster musicians? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, how that ha- ended up happening, but it, I feel like it's been happening a lot lately. I would say that you and Phoebe have maybe had something to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I mean, if I could do my whole, if I could do anything to put Pasadena on the map, I, I these jokes. <laughs> I think I think you already have started to do that, Charlie. As as I mentioned, yeah, this this record is incredible. When you um. Just going back to Satisfactory, when when you're presented with that opportunity where it's obviously getting signed and um, as discussed, it puts a lot more backing resources behind yourself and, and your project. What's that kind of decision making like? I guess because Phoebe is a friend, was it something that you just automatically was like, yep, let's do it? Or what was the process like of, yeah, signing? Oh, yeah, I never, I, I, I didn't really doubt the decision for a second. Um, I like, yeah, as soon as, I mean, as soon as I, as soon as I even heard that Phoebe was thinking about starting a label in my mind, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) um, already thinking about that. But I mean, I just, yeah, I feel like, yeah, when we actually did start talking about that, I was just like, uh, yeah, it, it felt like a no brainer. I mean, I just like, I trust Phoebe's whole like ethos about music so much. And I think, you know, she's been really good in the way that she's like, um, kind of goes about, uh, presenting her own music from a sort of business standpoint, not in, not in any inauthentic way. Um, but I just think she's, she's really smart and, um, has really good instincts and has something to offer that I don't really think any, any other ANR could really could really offer. I would imagine that an artist on an indie label would have a much better understanding of what indie artists actually want instead of what, yeah, as you mentioned, ANR. Uh, with no disrespect to ANR people, they're lovely. They help us with this podcast, so still love to them, but just very different yes. wants and needs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we hate them all. <laughs> um. No, yeah, for sure. I mean. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, it's important. I feel like to be able, if, if you're in the, that position, to be able to see it from both sides of the equation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Charlie, I know before we mentioned... The fact that you had been uh, touring with Wolf Alice, I think that you're about to go back on the road with uh, with Lucius, um, mm-hmm. and then you've got dates throughout the year. Uh, could we expect to see you in Australia at any point within the next twelve months or so? Um, you know, I'd love that. Um, it's possible. No, there's no plans right now as we speak, but let's man- let's manifest it right now. I I am. More than happy to manifest that. Let's do a um, satisfactory touring band kind of bring and and your parents' band, as you said, to open. Yeah, Get yeah, everyone on the road to bring bring it down down under. Let's okay. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> um, Charlie, would you be happy to talk about the playlist that you sent through to us? Yeah, absolutely. First, the first song I chose is Mistaken for Strangers by The National. Um, the National has always been one of my favorite bands, um, like top top three, I would say. Um, some of my favorite songwriting. Um, I had like on tour so much time to listen to music. Um, I, I just like went through like the entire catalogs of like a few of my favorite artists and would like get really like, uh, fixated on songs that had like never stood out to me. But like, um, this song, this, this song mistaken for strangers, um, is just like ended up being my current favorite and uh, just like listens to it over and over again in the van. And I like caught some lyrics that I had never caught before i mean that song just has such crazy lyrics um as matt berninger he always does like he's just such a great writer um i also like that that song is like a little a little different it's a little more like uh it's a little more glute like has sort of this like uh brooding like glute gloom to it that i feel like it's like um (laughs) that I like that's a little different some of from some of their other songs. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I just, I just love that song. And I just felt like I had to, had to put it on this list. 
Very, very fair. I did see, um, I think there was another interview with yourself where they had asked if you were putting together a band, who would you have as a vocalist? And I think that you did put Matt um, yeah. as the vocalist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just, such a, yeah, I'm just such a fan. He um, is an incredible voice. And again, just, just manifesting at this point, you know, just trying to get things out into the universe between Matt and his deep baritone and your incredible tenor. Hopefully we can manifest some kind of beautiful duet between the two of you. I don't, I, I don't even know if I could. <laughs> no, that's very fair. Sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll let you continue with the, with the next track. <laughs> oh, so, um, the next song, the next song I chose is, um, called I've had it by Amy Mann, which is, that's, it's been a song I've loved for a long time. Um, but like, I think like as, as I've started like touring and, um, kind of getting further into my like career in music, I think it has become a lot more relevant. It's like, it's, it's a song about like kind of being a, a small, <laughs> kind of a song about being a small indie artist. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, I, I mean, it, 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 it talks about, it talks about touring, um, and it's just such a heartbreaking, but kind of like optimistic song. And I think basically what it's about is it's just about that thing where you're always like, you're always like looking ahead to the next thing. And then like you realize that like the, the thing that you've been like wanting is like, is happening right now and you're missing it. Um, which I feel like is like something me and like a lot of other musicians come up against a lot because we're sort of like trained to always be thinking about what's next or like have everything be so goal oriented. And that song like just describes that in a really, a really like, uh, moving way. It is a, yeah, it is a beautiful song, a very delicate kind of song, but yeah, beautiful song from Amy Mann. Yeah, and I mean, she. I, I love all her songs, um, but to me, this is her most like this is this is her most like vulnerable song. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the next song I chose was is "Hit the Switch" by Bright Eyes. Um, another another catalog that I sort of uh, went through on tour. Also, one of my all-time favorite bands and songwriters. Um, but again, just like a current favorite. Um, I think I, I really got into the album Digital Ash, Digital Urn um, on this tour, which like came out the same day as Bright Eyes' biggest album, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. So like <laughs> not a lot, like not a lot of people talk about it, but it's like, it's, it's like it's evil, t- evil twin. Um <laughs> wide awake is such a earnest folk album and this album has like i mean the songwriting is pretty like similar but the the production is on digital ash is so like glitchy and like bizarre and just really unique and um i feel like yeah on this and this is i think my favorite song from that record um it just has i mean the lyrics are just amazing um but then it's like has this um has this really wild production um and it's just really like evocative and 
I just I just love that record and that song. Absolutely, a brilliant record. Like, do not get me wrong, Wide Awake, incredible record. I might have a Wide Awake tattoo on my person, which we'll keep yeah. concealed for now. But um, <laughs> Digital Ash, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. No, I won't show. I won't show you. Um, but Digital <laughs> Ash has some incredible songwriting as well. Like, um, wow, I'm so curious. <laughs> um, Arc of Time, uh, Easy Lucky Free. That that yeah. record's just in, just is as incredible and maybe doesn't, as you say, get enough credit. Yeah. I mean, it just has this, like, it has this like really like incredible, like spirit to it. And it's just really unique and like, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Well, we're on this, uh, well, we're talking about Connor and uh, Saddle Creek um, uh, before we move away from that. Uh, the next song, the next song I put is call call mm-hmm. by the faint. Um, which is, uh, these are all things I was listening to on tour. Um, but the faint has been a band that I, a band that I've loved for a long time, like since I was in middle school, but I've kind of been returning to them recently. Um, and I don't, I mean, I don't even know what to say about it. I felt like I had to choose this song cause it's a bit of like a wild card, it, with, like among them all. I mean, it's just like, I mean, the faint, they're just like, I don't know. There's such, there's such a unique band. I don't, there's not like, there's nothing else like quite like them out there. Um, I feel like they are so influential on so many bands and nobody like talk, nobody talks about them that much. Um, but yeah, they're very, their, their stuff is very different from a lot of what I listen to, which makes it really refreshing. It's like, obviously just like super like, dark and like brooding i mean a lot of the music that i listen to is like very kind of like mate like majory and like melancholy and i i think so, sometimes i just need a palate cleanser and uh i when i do i will put on the faint and um yeah i just love i mean they're just so fun and i just love yeah i just love that band a great incredible incredible band and yeah. um yeah no, actually, there's nothing more to say. <laughs> Incredible band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, okay, I think that was four songs. Yeah, so the last song I put was uh, Kinko's Field Trip 2005 by Underscores, um, which is, like, I think one, one of my favorite songs that's come out in the past few years. Um I heard this. I heard the song. Marshall, Marshall showed me this. Um, Marshall and I both really like hyper pop, um, and underscores is this artist that is kind kind of. Uh, I guess I mean very influenced by the hyper pop world, but they're also just a really great songwriter. And I think that's like when I heard this song for the first time, I was I had like a I had a moment because it. Um, it was like merging the kind of like hyper pop, like distorted vocals with, um, with just like really just like honest and beautiful songwriting in a way that I feel like I had never heard before. Um, and it just felt like something really, really unique and special. Um, and I was just like so obsessed with it for a while. Um, and, um, that underscores is just such a great artist and that whole record is a great record. 
I did read somewhere that you and Marshall, yeah, were into hyperpop, which I have to admit I did find very curious just because of the output of work that you guys have and that I wouldn't relate it to hyperpop. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I mean, I just like anything that is unique and like feels different and exciting. And I feel like hyperpop did feel like that for a while. I mean, I feel like it takes like, like when a hundred Gex first like came on the scene, um, that felt really exciting to me, but I think like it, it takes like a very short time for things to become, to feel kind of played out and old. But then like when I heard underscores, it was like it kind of merge, merging like my first love, which is like singer songwriter music with hyper pop in a really like seamless way. And I was just so, yeah, it was just kind of made me think about the possibilities of the genre a lot more and like, the ways that maybe like I could, I could explore more like sonic territories and like. I have to admit there would the it was the only band on today's list that when I received the list, I, I wasn't aware of, but we'll definitely be um, spending some more time with and having a look into. Yeah. Yeah. You de- definitely, definitely worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, um, thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate you being on the podcast and congratulations again for Nervous at Night, uh, which is out this week. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Charlie Hickey for his time. Nervous at Night is out this Friday and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Liz at Pius Australia for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning, and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify, and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.